0: YouTube was a, f- a sphere I never explored or, f- like, worked in before, right? I only focus on television. Listen, this is also a kind of a depressing moment in my life because I was- This is a point where I had to choose between um, passion and
1: career, right? Welcome to the first episode of Behind the Frames. Today, we have Ronald Chan. Ronald Chan is the director for Canto Mandel, a YouTube channel that focuses on Asian heritage, culture, and food. And Ronald is also someone who's deeply creative and deeply relentless about making the best videos.
0: I don't I don't see success as there's always gonna be success in the end. Because at the end of the day, if a number if a
1: video does really, really well,
0: it is it does make me happy. I do feel successful, but I can go bigger.
1: And today in this conversation, we talked about how he developed his early interest in media and production. We talked about how he stumbled across canto mando and last but not least we also talked about the creative process of making videos at a scale like canto mando and welcome to my conversation with ronald welcome to the pod yo thanks for having me bro i'm excited to
0: see like yo i'm excited man yo one day for all you guys watching one day he's gonna go from me to like simu lu or something all right he's gonna go big you know, remember this guy's name. Put some respect on this guy's name, remember him, all right?
1: yeah. But 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 thanks for <laughs> yeah. thanks for the kind, words. For the kind yeah, words. Of course, man, of course, always. You be known as the fourth man at Kanto Mandel. How do Some you...
0: people some people <laughs> Fourth member? I know I know a lot of people do say that. Honestly it kinda of flatters me, but at the end of the day, you know, I gotta be humble with it and be like, you know, I'm just I'm just working with the guys, you know what I mean? But you know, if we're part of the team, we're part of the team, so I'll just accept it.
1: <laughs> sweet, sweet. I remember you growing up, like you have yeah. always been interested in film, media, yes, photography. Was there was there a pivotal moment or like a role model that you have that made you realize you really want to do this as your career?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, so uh, for all of you guys that don't know, I'll give a bit of a context. Me and Alex, uh, we've known each other since like 10th grade. Like we we, we went to high school together. Uh, we didn't really talk much in high school, had separate friend groups. But essentially, yeah, like I was mainly in like the art art sector of high school. And honestly, I think the main reason is because in my family, right? Um you know Asian people. Asian people always are in like the, the math, the science, all that, all that shit, right? Can okay, I sorry by the way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, go go. Yeah, all that all that very smart shit, right? And me in high school, I was not the smartest kid in school, bro. I remember math class, bro, 50, 60s percent. Science class, worse, bro, 40, bro. You know, you know, lower than fifty bro, I failed science, bro. I was the only Asian in my class I failed, bro. I was embarrassed. But I know at that point on, I realized that this type of Asian stereotype, like, you know, career stuff is not for me. So grade 10 came along and pretty much, that's when I took uh, ComTech, which is communication technology. And that's when I started learning more about photography and film. And I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty cool. And when grade, uh long story short, um, I was taught how to take photos properly. I, taught, I was taught how to film properly. And uh, grade 11 came. And that's when I, uh, I essentially got into um, production like actually wanting to pursue film and um, photography. So in grade 11, I did co-op at Rogers TV as a production assistant. So there I filmed, I edited, I did audio work, stuff like that. And, you know, for as a 16 year old, you know, you don't really get that. Like that often, the, the opportunity comes like once in a lifetime. I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna go for it. And after after that co-op term ended, I was like, yeah, this is something I want to get into, man. Like th- that's where I kind of developed more of a passion, and that's why I, you know, in grade 12, I started becoming more serious about the industry. And you know, that's what... and also in grade 12, I stopped taking the science, I stopped taking math. All my courses in grade 12 were just fucking art, bro, media stuff. I mean, my family were a little bit skeptical at first because you know my whole family is in science and business and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm like let me you know let me do something ambitious and prove my family wrong
1: that's awesome Dang. man that's yeah, man. cool <laughs>
0: yeah
1: man is early when you when you were a pa for rogers tv can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly did you do there and what's your favorite part
0: oh yeah for sure so at rogers tv um okay usually in when you do co-op in high school for all you guys who did do co-op in high school you guys have like a certain schedule to follow right sometimes like you have morning co-op you have afternoon co-op i was the afternoon co-op but that doesn't necessarily mean quote-unquote afternoon co-op sometimes we had to do early shoots in the morning so before going to school i had to do early shoots and go to like um, sets to film stuff because they have morning shows to produce and also we had to do after school so that whole co-op afternoon co-op thing i just stayed at home and until my co-op started which is 5 p.m right and i think my most favorite part about co-op was pretty much uh filming the live productions usually they, they host live shows and stuff so they have live hockey live um basketball and live like host sit down type of um interviews and those are probably my favorite ones mainly because there's free food you know in co-op you don't get money in high school um the, the only free thing i got was food right and you know i love food but at the same time like it was very fun like the people working the evening were much more like energetic and i, I like that and that's why i realized oh shit teamwork's teamwork's cool like teamwork in this production side of things is like it's a good thing and i, I like teamwork you know i'm yeah. extroverted as shit you know what i'm saying so like I, I like talking to people and stuff so yeah that was my most favorite moment uh doing co-op at rogers
1: after grade 12 when you took all the art classes you were applying yeah. to university and you got into toronto metropolitan university in yeah. media production Mm. so at that time like what were the paths that you were considering and the creator like even play a role in it?
0: yeah for sure um so a little background um media production at Ryerson is apparently okay it is I shouldn't say apparently it is one of the top programs in North America for this type of stuff I didn't know this at the time I applied and I got accepted uh, for, okay you have to go through a lot of stuff so get into media production you have the right resume you have to show like a portfolio from what I remember. you had to answer three questions and like paragraphs. So I wrote like an essay for that. But, anyways, and after that, you have to do an interview because they had to accept you for They have to accept you twice. They accept you for an interview and they accept you into the program. It's like a fuck. it's like getting a job, bro. I'm just like, what the hell? Anyways, when I got accepted, I was like, all right, cool, whatever. It's a program at, it's a program at TMU, whatever. It's TMU. It's not like Waterloo, right? Whatever. I got it. For, I remember walking in first day orientation. They're like, all right, so 600 of you, uh, like, so, sorry. 3,000 people applied to this program. We only accepted 300 people. I'm just like, you know, I just sat there with my mouth open. Like, you know, I'm okay. Again, I'm gonna mention it again, I was not the brightest and smartest kid in school. So when I got that um, acceptance and hearing that, I, I got more humbled, bro. I was like, okay, cool. I need to take this program seriously, right? And yeah, so um, let me give you a bit of background on what media production is. And media production is essentially what it is like, you can either go into d- uh, graphic design, uh, production, audio, um, all that different um, s- sectors of media production. And I know at the time in first year, I wanted to settle down on a much safer option by going to television production. That was my main goal. I want to go into television production, start off as like a cameraman and work my way up towards a producer and director because that's ultimately what I, what everyone wanted in this program. They want to be a director or a producer. Ask anyone in that program, they want to be one of those. But yeah, <laughs> that's oh. what happened in my first couple of years. I just wanted, you know, play the safe route, you know. Yeah, something like
1: that. And that have you ever thought of being in the role that you are right now, working for creators, <laughs> or working as a creator at the time? When you honestly,
0: I'm first- gonna be very honest with you, I did not expect. Okay, like YouTube was always in the back of my mind, um, because even in high school, like. I always loved the idea of working at YouTube and stuff. And even when I was, like, younger, like, I I watched, every, every, I watched YouTube every time I got home, right? Even in, even in uni, I always loved working at YouTube. I uh, would love to work for, like, a YouTube channel, right? But obviously, I know that in my mind at the time when I was younger in first year, I, it wasn't realistic in my head. It wasn't viable and it wasn't, like, it was too ambitious for me. I wasn't an ambitious person back then. But like, I legit did not think that YouTube would work out and everything. So that's why I stuck with the safe option, which is television production. That's essentially what most people get out of this program, television production. And I, I, at the time, I'm just like, you know what? I love YouTube. I would love to work for a YouTube opportunity. But honestly, I'm just going to stick with the safe plan because I I don't know. At the time, I just wasn't too ambitious, man. I wasn't ambitious enough like I am today. So, yeah. I see.
1: I see. And in your second year of yes. university, COVID hit. Yes, sir and you picked up a bunch of freelancing gigs and trying yes, different things like how yeah what was going on what's going on in COVID? yeah
0: so okay let me give you a bit of more background of covid bro let me give you a bit of background so online school started happen when, when i was in third year. so i finished my second year in person and third year was supposed to be the most important year for people in my program right because that's when you actually get into the hands-on stuff you learn more about how to like film in a proper set and everything and studio and everything. But when we got hit with COVID bro, everything was online, bro. So all I did was do editing courses and I can't can't, keep it real, bro. I hate editing. Like I legit hate like sitting on computer all day, just like typing stuff, bro. I can't, I can't do that. My brain hurts. I need to go out and film. So while that was happening, um, while classes were happening, I did pick up a few photography gigs, like with like, you know, some friends, stuff like that. Um, And that's when, I can't lie, that was probably the point of my life where I was so confused of what to do because I was worried that I won't get into television production field because I don't have enough experience working with the school and everything. You know, I don't have the hands-on experience anymore. And plus, doing all these photography gigs made me think, oh, shit, should I be be a photographer instead, right? So during that point in COVID, that the whole, the third year, my third year of uni, the whole year, I was just depressed and like confused. I'm like, yo, bro, what should I do, man? Like, I was actually lost. Like, my brain was in like, clouds bro i was legit lost and could not see what the hell i'm going to do in my future because yeah covid did hit pretty hard and like i was so confused what to do school was canceled and shit like dude, i was lost man like like i don't like looking back at third year bro it's, it's a haunting memory
1: let's see let see and i think that's a perfect set to let's say the beginning of fourth year it was towards yeah. the end of 2020 exactly exactly oh yeah. yeah
0: bro let me add something on too bro fourth year I, I at the time when when online school started no one knew when for, if fourth year was going to be online as well you know a lot of my friends actually took third year and f- third year off until a school opened up again which is a very smart decision by their choice because i know they're doing really well now but anyways i didn't right i didn't do that because I, I still thought like oh okay, i'll give it the benefit of the doubt and yeah fourth year was supposed to be the um a crucial year where we're supposed to pick an internship right to work at to in order to graduate so mm-hmm. I, even at that time in third year when all the schools were closed i was like shit fourth year i had to do an internship so what the fuck should i do right i was lost bro i was angry bro i was fighting my inner demons and shit it's a crazy
1: time bro but yeah
0: thank god oh fourth year opened up so i was like oh
1: pray the lord bro. But yeah. like in the beginning of fourth year you you stumbled on instagram yes sir. someone from canton posted a story looking mm-hmm. for a filmer Yep. you spoke to them you reply you pitch them for the role like what yeah. happened what happened behind yeah the
0: scenes? i'll give a little little extra little extra depth of my story bro <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny so what happened was my friend um so my friend um pretty much his name is wilson and wilson kind of forward meets cancel mando's story saying hey they're looking for a videographer for you know x uh, on this date i was like, oh shit, okay cool let me just like reply because basically I had to send them like a, like a portfolio to them. I sent them my email and I said, hey, oh, you know, I've been big fans of you guys since high school. You know, I did watch them since high school. I'm pretty sure all of us did. But anyways, yeah." I sent, I sent a little introduction. I sent them my portfolio. Boom, sent it. Um, at first, I was think at that point, after I sent it, I was like, okay, I was thinking about my plan. Okay, cool. I have an idea. So my plan was find an intern at a television production, trying my best to find an uh, internship at a television production um, company, as well as work at Kansas part-time. So that way I can have two... Experiences, right? Only if I get accepted, though. That was my plan. And then, you know, I gave it a couple hours, and um, boom, Sheldon from Cancer responded saying, hey, you know, hey, man, let's go on a call. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk, right? And at that point, I was like, oh, shit, he accepted me. And right away, I was like, okay, yo, yo fuck this. Maybe I should say fuck this television production stuff, right? And just go straight to YouTube. But, I, you know, I, I didn't want to be too, again, I was very, very pussy back then, bro. I was so, I was scared of ambition. I was too scared of failure. You know, that's, that's Asians, bro. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so me and Sheldon talked, and he talked about what he wanted, and I told him, okay, cool, I can do it. Long story short, he kind of brought me into the team as, like, a a videographer. By the way, just a videographer. I wasn't anything, like, top-notch. I was just a videographer just filming stuff for them. That's it. But, yeah, uh, I went to one of the shoots. I helped them film, and it was a good time, yeah. And after that, they kind of brought me on slowly to more shoots. And this is first semester of uni, by the way. So by the time first semester ended, I, I think I only filmed two projects with them only. Very little and then that was a time when we had to accept internships so throughout first semester i did hit some luck um i got accepted by like four internships by big television productions uh, companies like you know for example ctv cbc i got accepted them right and tsn as well to work with the raptors and stuff hey man like our safety career because at the time, like even like at the time choosing, I was just like, I was stuck in like a loop of like I have these two directions and they'll bring me to two different destinations. Which one should I choose? Either going to safe root of what I always want to do since first year, the safe root of, you know, going to television production right after uni or try and aim for this YouTube stuff because both of them kind of offered me internship. I also told Cancel Mano about the internship op- op- uh, options and they told me they're down to give me an internship with them as well. And you know what, bro? I kind of just... When I... Uh, deep down in my heart, I want to do YouTube, right? Like, I was just like, yo, I had to do YouTube. There's no way. There's a once in the lifetime opportunity. This is something I always want to do since I was a kid. And yeah, I know, and I, like deep down inside and to be transparent with you, I know the internships at the television companies did pay more, w- way more than Canta Mando. I'm not trying to be Canta so I'm poor. I'm just saying, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah but i want to do passion i want to see what passion can bring me and i want and since i'm young right i'm young i'm early 20s you know living my life and i told my parents about it they said go for it go for cancer and see how it goes if it doesn't work out you can always go back to television so what i did i had to send the depressing four letters to say hey i i sadly unfortunately have to decline this letter of uh acceptance i appreciate the offer and i just went straight for working with cancer mando and that's how my journey began bro
1: <laughs>
0: internship bro cancel Mando you you know the funniest part is I remember (laughs) I remember um some of my my friends were talking right they're talking about like oh yeah internet like like these like big production companies right and they are talking about what they do and everything and there's me like yeah I do YouTube bro I just film and stuff but yeah it's funny bro (laughs) it's contrast
1: what was the um what was the hardest part of like rejecting all like the big offers or like the television tv production offers to go for candy what was like the biggest barrier to accepting that
0: i think the biggest barrier for me at least was being too like it was was just the the fear right it's a big leap of faith right it's a very big leap of faith because i don't know what youtube can offer i at the time i didn't know what youtube can offer i don't know where youtube can bring me and at the time you have to realize you have to put myself put yourself in my shoes for a second youtube was a a sphere I never explored or like worked in before, right? I only focus on television. I only know shit about television. I knew nothing about YouTube, but I know deep down I can learn from this. I can benefit from it. But obviously there's a lot of doubt in my head and that was what was making me scared of the future. What if I don't succeed in this? What if I spend so many hours working for this YouTube company and nothing comes out of it? What if I, you know, what if I waste my time? I think that was the biggest barrier for me, just a fear of failure in this sphere that I was very passionate in. Because yeah, like truth be told, I was more passionate in YouTube than uh, than television. Even though I had experience in television, right? So
1: yeah, that's that's awesome. That's such a phenomenal <laughs> perspective. Yeah, like, bro, thank you, bro. That,
0: that's why I encourage people. Like that's why when people come up to me and be like, "Should I pick this or pick this?" I tell them right away, pick whatever you're most passionate in, man. Like even though the 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 scenario of it that you think in your head it might not be the best, go for it. You're young, it doesn't hurt to try, right? That's that's my that's my that's my best advice for people don't always pick the safe option be ambitious
1: awesome awesome Damn, man. so in terms of let's say after the fact after yeah. you started working as a videographer for Kendall mental i remember one of the videos it was um it was the ikea videos It a a uh, i can see videos yeah that was when i first appeared in their videos yeah yeah so you were i were you were voicing over when they were giving the task giving the rewards yeah how was that experience yeah bro
0: like i mean um it's, okay so that was the first uh the ikea 24 the eating at ikea video was the first video where i appeared in but it wasn't yep. the first video that i gave out cards to right there's a lot of other videos before where i did hand out cards and everything but i just didn't show my face and mm-hmm. even so like, cumulative, all those like, those experiences just giving like being part of the video it just it was just a surreal experience you know at first i was very shy i was very shy to like you know like talk you know even talk right like all i right. time behind the camera i'm like all right, guys. Here's your challenge for today. You know, what I mean? there's so many retakes we had to do because I was so nervous. I kept stuttering and shit. I was nervous, bro. But I think over time, even I, I, so, when when I appeared in front of the IQV, that was where that was one at a point where I was like, I think eight months working with them, and mm. that was when I was already comfortable talking to the camera. But if you look at the earlier videos, I believe there's a video called um. Here, search this up. There's a video called uh. Um, portion was it called serving size challenge cancel mando, search of that but serving size cancel mando and i was in the video giving them challenges and that was basically the early stages of my career with them and that's when i kind of had to talk to the camera give context to the audience and also uh, ten, oh sorry the first video i actually talked of, talked in was a ten
1: thousand calorie challenge because that was the first video i ever planned No, i'm just curious like when you started off as a videographer um yeah. like at the beginning you were responsible for Like a lot of shooting, some of the planning, and you slowly evolve to your current role Mm -hmm. as a director for Canton Mandel. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit of sort of the scope of each role? So what do you do? How do you spend time?
0: I see. Oh, so you want me to specify like the different role that I took mm. took part in, right? Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, so uh, when I started interning uh, interning at Cantamando as just a videographer, I was just an inter- a videographer intern. All mm-hmm. I really did, um, yeah, to be told, I didn't I didn't plan any videos like when I was an intern. I, they did, not me. Um, but yeah, I was just filming for them. That's all I did. And they also, uh, what else did I do? I also edited some videos as well. So I edited, I filmed for them, and I also kind of scheduled some stuff as well. But that's, it's very basic stuff, which I was cool with, right? And at the same time, I also had to take a YouTube course with them. Because at the time, they just started taking a YouTube course. And I also took part in that YouTube course. So that's why, that's why I was like, thank God, because now I know more about YouTube, right? And develop what makes, quote unquote, good content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's what I did in terms of my videographer intern. When I became producer, let me give you a bit of a story as well. So when my school year ended, I had a long talk with them regarding full-time because it's true i can't graduate and go straight into television production if i don't have any job experience except for rogers backing you know five years ago and like some courses right it's very hard to get a job and i told them about that they're aware of it and they made the ultimate decision to hire me as their first ever full-time um, person that's part of the team and that was a very humbling experience as well that's it really it generally did almost make me cry when they kind of told me hey you know what? we cuz they had to talk right they had to talk for a straight week talking about like how could they can bring Ronnie me to the team and that's essentially a week after you know they put me on call with them Sheldon recorded my reaction so hey if this hey, if this podcast gets a 1000 likes I'll release a reaction of me you know anyways <laughs> anyways uh yeah sheldon told me and i you know i was, I was so happy bro like like they gave me the, the they basically talked about the salary with me my responsibilities stuff like that so you know i was i was flabbergasted bro i was i was lost for words i was very happy you know having a job right after uni not a lot of people get that so i was very very happy but anyways um yeah so my jobs going forward as a quote, producer slash director whatever you want to call it with Kent Mando. Obviously, responsibility is still the same as a videographer, because I was still a videographer. I was still filming them. But this time, I had to take more of a leadership role. They wanted to shift me to planning videos, start planning videos, brainstorming ideas, um, scouting the uh, YouTube homepage to see what other cool ideas we can do, stuff like that. And also start scheduling. But that's later. But yeah. So as I became producer longer and longer, they gave me more leadership responsibilities. And that's why they kind of let me have control of the channel as well as Mike. Because now, because currently, Sheldon and Edward, they don't have control of the channel anymore. It's mainly me and Mike taking that uh, leadership responsibility to lead that channel. So yeah.
1: That's so phenomenal. Like, yeah, bro. <laughs> for those who don't know, like CandleMando is an Asian heritage YouTube channel yes, about three guys, Sheldon, Mike, and Edward, mm-hmm. who. Started in university and are now working full-time with over a million subscribers. And now a lot of content evolved around food. But back then, you know, like it started with skeets, started with comedy, started with reactions, started with games, started with dating, (laughs) blind dates. And I'm curious, like, how did you guys as a group, like, come to the idea that you are going to double down on food? Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, so what happened was, uh, yeah, so I rem- the whole food idea was was kind of like out of the blue because when I got hired, the first two videos I filmed, so as an intern, as an intern, yep. not full-time, so this is back in like, I'm going backwards now, back to when I first started interning with them. I, the two projects I filmed with them was videos that relate to share like Chinese culture, right? Very Chinese culture, not food at all, non- not food related. Mm-hmm. So the reason, the biggest um reason why we started niching down to food is because after we took that YouTube course and we determined what is good content and we determined that we had to niche down to more specific and more broad to reach a wider audience if we want to be super successful, right? And yeah, we decided to, you know, we brainstormed a lot of stuff. I mean, it's mainly them. I, I was still part of it. I was still interning back then. But anyways, they decided to come up with food, and that's when they told went out to me one day and be like, "Hey, yo, Ronnie, we're gonna start doing food videos now." At first, I was like okay at first it was very hard to clear image in my head because in my head and i'm pretty sure all of us when we're like fans of cantamano back then we see them as uh, a chinese uh, chinese content type of creators right at first i was very skeptical but i still want i didn't tell them by the way (laughs) so you're the first person to know that I was skeptical um but yeah um i was very skeptical but yeah i i went along with it you know i i I, you know i was very i was still curious because i did watch food videos you know i'm not i'm not you know i know what um I don't know what food entertainment is, you know. I watch Sidemen. You know, Sidemen does a lot of food and entertainment videos. So yeah, so the 10,000 calorie challenge uh, that that um that, I think that was our first ever food video that we released. And that was actually oh sorry. Yeah, that's a video I planned as well. So I actually
1: did some planning for that video.
0: So, I, see, yeah. I see.
1: What what was your favorite part about like the 10 calorie 10,000 calories videos?
0: Then Edward had to eat dirty food for 10,000, which like junk food, and Mike has yeah. to eat healthy food for 10,000 calories.
1: Yeah. What so was yeah. Your-
0: I think my favorite part in terms of the video, or i, I have to talk about both. So in terms of the video, I think my favorite part is obviously like giving out the challenge because the challenges they don't know. I know only I knew. Right? They don't know anything about the challenges. Only I know. So it's funny just giving them the challenge card and be like, all right, here, here you go. <laughs> yeah. And I guess my other favorite part that's outside of filming was developing a closer bond with Mike. Because that day, um, Edward and Sheldon film together whereas I film with Mike so I film Mike alone right and I think every time when I show up the camera like a, a pause the camera whatever me and Mike walking around we just talk about life and I think yeah I can't lie like Mike me and Mike like do connect and more connect more than Sheldon and Edward no offense Sheldon and Edward. I'd love them both Seth. but yeah me and Mike, I think like there's a lot of talks between me and Mike that I do cherish forever and I, I do take in because he did tell me, I did tell him about my situation, how I was so like not not ambitious and everything. And he told me to be ambitious, right? He told me to chase my dreams. Just, if YouTube is a dream, you keep chasing it, you know. And that's what kind of kept me, kept me like on the team, kept me motivated to look forward to shoot more, right? You know, developing those bonds with these these guys like it made me feel like, oh shit, okay, they're they're not only my bosses; they're like family, right? So
1: yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. What was what was like one biggest piece of advice that you got from like the team? Yeah, I'm kind sure. of sure.
0: Yeah, so I think, so the biggest advice, let me think, because he actually gave me a lot of advice. <laughs> let me think. So, okay, I think the biggest advice I got was being more confident within myself and being more confident in the choices I make in life. Because I know um, when I first started working with them, I was very, I would say yes, man. I would say yes to everything. I mm. wouldn't ever give feedback, even though I know it's bad, because I was, because they're my boss, right? Therefore Mm -hmm. I should, because I had that mentality back then where I was like, okay, they're my boss. If they say something, it should be right. And they started to pick up on that at one point when I was interning and they kind of sat me down and told me, Hey, yo, Ronnie, you know, we appreciate you helping us and everything, but we do appreciate if you get some input as well, because we don't always want you saying yes. We always want you to take, you know, you're part of the team. We want you to have a voice on whatever we're wrong in, because, you know, you're, you're basically the fourth head for us. You know, you're supposed to give your fourth opinion and we, we, we value that. So, you know, that kind of opened up my shell a little bit. That, that's when I became more confident, like, with um, whatever ideas I have, which is why I think it brought me to the shit mm-hmm. I am today. Because even now, like, I see the contrast between the conversation between me and Mike before and me and Mike now. Me and Mike before, he said something, I'd be like, all right, cool. And then Mike and then Mike says something now, I'd be like, bro, that's terrible, bro. Let's not do that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, having confidence with myself is probably the best uh, advice they ever gave me. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, be- I definitely became more, like, talkative, right? <laughs> ever since
1: I started working with them. So yeah. Absolutely. Like when you four work together as a team in Canada, yeah. like, do you have a routine um briefing before every shoot or like debrief after every post? Like yeah. how how does these conversations look like?
0: Oh, bro, it's it's funny because okay, briefing, I know that that's something that we did in television, right? So I try to adapt those television skills into the YouTube, but sometimes it doesn't work, right? But um, before, when we first started filming, there was no brief, like, okay, earlier there was kind of briefing because they planned the videos. But now when I started planning the videos, um, there was not really a briefing. We kind of just tell them about it and be like, okay, cool. But now um, I'm going to give you a little bit of leak, leak, leak information. Cause these videos haven't came out yet. So all the videos that we filmed are all good until November, mid November. So all those videos we brief for maybe like an hour, not that long, not that long. But now that we're coming up with these bigger ideas that that's coming up soon we had to brief for maybe like past next next like few days right but yeah usually briefing before um we kind of just go and call with them and just show that hey this is the idea just make sure to know what to do that's it it was very it's very amateur but now we're trying to go more like serious where it's like okay scene by scene this is what we're gonna do right before because like we're trying to aim for bigger ideas right now but we haven't filmed it we're gonna film it in next week actually so yeah that's sweet that's sweet (laughs) Okay, hey, maybe we can do a part two of this podcast where I update on what the briefing is like now because we're gonna do series briefing now, so yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like <laughs> um I also wanted to dive deeper into like earlier this year you went yeah. to LA with mm. the Canada Squad and mm-hmm. earlier this summer you also went to UK yeah. to work in collaboration with Uncle Rogers. Yes yeah, like, sir. Can you tell me a little bit about like what did you do in both of these trips and yeah. what was it like just like traveling with the you with the with the squad with the team yeah for sure
0: um let's talk about let's first talk about traveling with uh, uh traveling there for work so i went to la twice with them one in november of 2022 and then june of 2023 so a couple months ago so both of these trips were very similar in ways where it's like we film we're basically just filming content in la with other creators that's essentially our plan. I mean, the first time we went to LA there's a lot of flops so we kind of just filmed our own videos there. But second time we went to LA, we filmed a lot of videos with other creators. But we have a motive behind that. Why? Because the second time we went to LA, we we're trying to um s- uh, film content relating to the chili sauce, which is now released by the way. Uh, link in our YouTube channel. Oh,
1: in the description.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um we filmed that content uh so second time we went to LA, we kind of filmed um uh the uh the chili the the chili sauce uh video content type of stuff so yeah so that's why i went to la a second time uh, we filmed a lot there by the way so it was massive hours bro i can't i work for at least like 60 hours a week it was very tiring but anyways um yeah uh and then uk we we just wanted to go there to film with uncle roger and also kind of explore the city because we haven't been there before it was a nice little getaway a little break from toronto as well but yeah uh let me give you a back uh how traveling with the guys is fuck me man they're all i'm gonna say is like they're different people when you live with them right because that was my so when i went to la with them for the first time like i kind of see how they lived right because I, I i never really slept over with them before essentially but yeah like it, it is pretty hectic bro like they're very they're a hectic type of guy they have very very big energy you know what i mean like they always want to party and shit you know I, and for me i'm not really a party guy i'm more of like a stay-at-home kind of laid-back type of guy but they they love to party bro but um i will say um the people they do hang out with are super phenomenal like I hated LA City, but the people of LA, I love them, bro. Like, everyone from LA I I met, amazing, amazing people. I'll never forget them. And, yeah, like, they're also creators as well, which is great. And I also learn a few things here and there from them. And, yeah, in the UK, uh, we mainly just chill with Uncle Roger for, like, five days straight. But chilling with Uncle Roger is kind of (laughs) cool. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I don't experience that. No, I don't think anyone my age will ever experience that. So, you know,
1: it's a humbling Uh, experience. Amazing. Amazing. Is there something that is not so obvious about traveling for work that is oftenly not portrayed on YouTube.
0: Yeah, so I think most people will probably think, people watching this or people who think of it like, oh, you know, he's just going on a business just to film stuff. We always have at least one or two days to have leisure. So that's something you guys don't understand. So I remember when we went to uh, uh, LA for the first time in November, we spent the last three days of our trip in las vegas in las vegas you know we gambled you know we went to casinos and shit had a buffet and stuff you know we chilled and also in uk like yeah we chilled for a good amount of time like we we went to oprah house which is kind of insane i never experienced that either uh went to a musical also never experienced that either you know, it just we you know we we chill you know we're humans all of us are humans we always need that break once in a while you know what i mean like we're not gonna just go there film and go back we're obviously gonna chill there you know what i mean so yeah that's I guess I guess that's the biggest misconception a lot of people don't get. Because I know coming back, my mom was like, So how so how 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 hard
1: did you work? I was like, Oh mom, I also chilled. Don't think I just work. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Like, um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit about yeah. just your perspective on working for internet creators. Mm. So the first question is like, what would you say is like the best or the worst thing of working for an internet creator
0: best and worst thing for an internet creator okay let me think about that um okay the best thing about working with the creator in my perspective is definitely meeting them right because there's a lot of creators that we work with that i looked up to and watched as a as a kid i wouldn't say a kid but like, you know in high school and you know growing up right i'm pretty sure all of us are think think about it if you're in my shoes and you're you watch these these creators for a long, long time and you get to meet them and work with them and you have to talk to them like, you know, professionally and everything. Wouldn't you feel a bit excited? You know what I'm saying? Now you're part of the yeah. producing. The thing is like, okay, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give an example. When I met um, Uncle Roger for the very first time, I was like, hey, hey, I had to call him by his real name. Hey, Nigel. Um, nice to meet you. I'm Ronald. Um, basically, the, the producer. Uh, this is what we're doing today. You know, brief him very professionally. But inside, I'm just like,
1: oh, shit, Uncle Roger shit bro
0: you know what I mean Like, I have to calm down right you know what I mean I don't want to like you know because the thing is like I am part of like the guys you know what I mean I don't want to be like a fucking weird guy You know, I don't want you know I mean? I to be a fanboy but yeah I, that's probably my most favorite thing about working with creators the, mo- the least favorite thing I wouldn't say there's a least favorite thing actually most of my experiences working with these creators I actually enjoyed it like I actually enjoyed it a lot you know what I mean oh I guess another favorite thing about working with these creators is getting an inside uh, personal connection with them you, you kind of get to know them more behind the camera right they're not really like uncle roger right He's you known to be a very funny guy that's his persona online but in person he's very very nice and very chill and very um he gives a lot of hospitality so yeah very different <laughs> person very like you have to know you have to know something about these creators they're not the same person they are in front of in front of a camera behind the camera they're a human and that's when i kind of get developed that human to human connection with them and develop a great relationship
1: with them so yeah i see i see mm-hmm. so when you first started working for candle or yeah. even now when you're doing collabs with people like uncle roger have you felt imposter syndrome to any extent
0: imposter syndrome so basically the idea of fear of like oh shit i'm not good enough or and shit yeah. like that right exactly
1: okay um
0: let me think about that because i know i did have imposter syndrome when i saw these creators but i don't it's just okay yeah so okay there was a point in my life where when I began meeting these creators right in the very beginning when I first met creators I think it was back in the CCYA basketball game I didn't film okay I wouldn't say I, we collab with them but I met them right because like you know Kante Mando and them were friends I had to go meet them as well but anyways meeting them it did give me that sign of imposter syndrome I'm just like what the fuck am I doing here right like I see all the people in the stands like Basically, people like me I, that I see myself as just normal people, and then I see myself on the court. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here, bro? Everyone on this court is more relevant than me. Everyone on this court is better than me, richer than me. What the fuck am I doing? I kind of shit on myself, right? But obviously, at the you know over time, I had to realize I had to see these creators more often because I had to work with them. This is YouTube. In YouTube, you had to work with these YouTube uh, creators, celebrities, whatever. And if I work in the television field, the same thing. But I had to work with celebrities right mm. think about it. I, th- I just had to think about it that way so in the end of the day even either, either if i cho- either way if i chose television or youtube i'll always work with very big names right and yeah so I, that's how i kind of got rid of that imposter syndrome type of feeling so yeah
1: amazing amazing mm-hmm. so how do you define success like in your role like how success. can you tell, uh, yeah how can you tell you're doing great
0: got it how do i know if i'm doing great okay how i know if i'm doing successful and great is honestly i'm being very transparent as well is the numbers so numbers on youtube really um really reflect your my planning right and my filming and if if the numbers don't do well i see it as i need to be better i need to do so much fucking better right and if i do see a high number I've, I feel that little bit of success. I, okay, you know, the, way, the best way to describe it, I don't, I don't see success as... There's always going to be success in the end. Because at the end of the day, if a, number, if a video does really, really well, it, is, it does make me happy. I do feel successful, but I can go bigger. Let's think of ways where this, video, this good video can be even beyond better. That's why I define as success. Always keep pushing your limit until you feel like, oh shit, this is really, really good. Keep pushing, you know what I mean? I only find myself successful until I'm better than Mr. Beast, bro okay
1: love that i love that i love that so like when okay okay i'm curious how has Cantomando mando changed your outlook on your career (laughs) okay
0: how has Cantomando mando shaped the way i see my career okay i'm not gonna lie after working with Cantomando mando for the past was it 2023 now september okay after the past almost almost it's almost been two years since I worked with you. Yes. After these past two years, I start to realize that television is not it for me. Like, um, I I know I see the the cool stuff my friends are doing, right? And good on them. I, it's sick. It looks cool. I see on the stories about what they do with these television companies. Good for them. I, I'm happy for them. But YouTube is completely different. I don't like YouTube. You get to travel and like film stuff. And I I always wanted to travel as a kid. YouTube, you get to have your own creative freedom on what content to put out. If I work in television, someone's telling me to do that. Telling me to, hey, film this. And I have no say in it. Like, television, I know. Like, I love television. I can't lie. I, I, television production is cool and everything. But YouTube, I'm sorry, bro. YouTube slaps the shit out of television. I'm sorry. Like, YouTube is amazing, man. Like, I, 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 like going, like, I can never see myself in the past next couple of years working in television production unless I really have to. Right? Like let's say let's say me I quit Mando one day I'm gonna find other YouTube channel to work at I'm not gonna work at a television a uh, company for sure like I definitely think that YouTube is for me YouTube is definitely my my space and my, like my space of uh um, knowledge and I, I definitely believe that I can grow within the YouTube sphere so yeah
1: <laughs> if there are people who are tuning in or who are interested in pursuing a career in YouTube or working for YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Is there a message that you want to share? Oh, hundred 100%. Any...
0: I have a lot of messages, bro. Um, Anyone who wants to, anyone who is in a similar boat like me where they're, you know, they're kind of stuck in that type of field, but they want to get into content creation within YouTube. You know, it doesn't have to be YouTube. It could be TikTok, Instagram Reels, whatever it may be, whatever platform, as long as it relates to content creation, my biggest word of advice is just keep going for it. I wouldn't call myself a like a creator, but I do know enough to a point where like, you know, if, if Cantor doesn't work, I want to be a creator. You know what I mean? I know enough to be ambitious to that point. Just be ambitious. Chase your dreams. If you truly, truly don't like the position you're in right now, do content creation. Like truly, if you have a passion in content creation, strong passion, do it. Don't give up. And if there's a lot of times where the numbers don't show. That just goes to show, hey, let, you need to work harder. Pick yourself back up. Find ways of how to make your content better. And then I guarantee you, you'll be successful. You know what I mean? So yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> And also, and... Oh yeah, I guess another thing I want to share is like, also, if you're going to be in content creation and you do be, become big, be prepared for hate comments, bro. Because even as a producer and camera person, I got hate comments as well. And yeah, it did not feel good, bro. I legit didn't want to talk for like two days because I was actually so sad. How did I affect someone that much to the point where they had to talk shit about me? But then you have to face it, right? Take all this shit talking as like, criti- like I, I, okay, some of it's criticism, some of it's talking shit. If it's criticism, work towards how to make them feel better or make them feel satisfied. If it's talking shit, fuck the haters, man. They're just jealous of you, bro. You know what I mean? That's the way I see it. Keep moving. But
1: yeah. Absolutely. Love that. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. And overall, like, I know you mentioned, like, about hate comments. And obviously, there are ups and downs. There are so many events. It feels like the past two years have gone through years of experiences. 100%. When you're making this much content. Yeah. What would you say It's like, the most discouraging moment or, like, the hardest point when you were working for Kendall Mendel.
0: Oh shit! Okay, that's a big question. That's a deep question, bro. Mm. The most dep- depressing moment, right? J- okay, I think there's a lot of discouraging moments where I would say it, it kind of happens most when I'm on these trips with these guys. Um, because I remember the second time we're in LA, they had a big fight. Okay, I wasn't involved in the fight, but they they were fighting, and it kind of like makes me like, when they argue or whenever they get mad at each other, whether it be we're lost on a vacation. Or I they even argue at home sometimes, but. I know like in LA, like it was a pretty big fight. And I know that was a point where in my head, I'm just like, I'm sad, right? It's like, it's like seeing your family argue. I don't want to see my brothers argue, right? I don't want to see like them argue. And like, it kind of makes me sad. It also discourages me because I'm just like, I want them because the argument, okay, let me give you a bit of context. The argument without giving too much information, the argument was essentially content, how they don't feel passionate enough for this type of content, whereas some of us do feel that passion within within that type of content. And having those different ideas clash with each other, it just makes me feel discouraged in a way where it's like, do they have the same amount of passion as me? Do I have the same amount of passion as them, right? It's just that question of like, shit, like, are they going to really fight over that? Why can't we like calm down and just think of other solutions, right? Because like, yeah, arguments are, it's tough, bro. It's really sad, you know? And especially if you work 60 hours per week at that time and you're going through that, it's it's very like disheartening. And I know at that point, I'm just, I just want to go home. Right, I I even went to the washroom and just, like, it just broke down in tears because I was so stressed, man. Like it's just like seeing them argue sixty hours of working, bro. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. But yeah, how, was, how did it what?
1: How did it like
0: end? It? How did it end? Was pretty much how our, all arguments go, bro. You went with your girlfriend or your parents, bro. It's literally like they argue like a lot of heat in the moment, and then give us maybe not not talk for like maybe an hour or two, and then apologize, and then start reconciliating how to resolve the issue.
1: That's it. I see, oh, yeah, see. That kind see.
0: of you know, it, it, you know, it, a lot of us were discouraged. A lot of us were kind of sad and kind of mad. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I like to close it off by asking our guests to give our audience a little challenge. Yes, sir. Is there anything top of mind?
0: A challenge, huh? Yep. Wait, what, what kind of challenge? It could be anything.
1: Challenge, as long as they're actionable. Oh, Oh, oh actionable.
0: Okay. All right. How about this? Wait, does it have to be like it? It could be anything. Like, can it be a, a to- only sports creators or everyone? Every anyone can do it. Everyone. Okay, you know what? If there's any of you guys uh, hearing or listening or watching this right now, uh, my challenge and for you is that if you're if you're ever going through something, whether it just be content creation or like life stuff, feel free to contact me. Uh, mainly because outside of content creation, I'm a very very broken person. Right, I'm not trying to sound dramatic or shit, but I, I did grow up in a very fucked up environment. I did. I, I did I have a very very bad upbringing right that's why like I'm a very emotional person even today um like when I think about there's a lot of times where I work with Mando and I'm in a peak part of Cantando a peak part of my life for example like chilling with Uncle Roger for example I come I sometimes look at the window and just be like fuck man i have a very bad upbringing but i'm glad everything turned out well like if you know if you you know even just life stuff like just feel free to message me i'll try my best to hear I, I, i'll try my best to give you the best advice i can but the most importantly i'll do like i'll do what i'll do by listening and hearing you out well. because at the end of the day i'll never fight back with you i'll find the best solution for you and i'll always try my best my, I'll, and i'll always try my best to find the best solution for you but yeah i because I, every at the end of the day i want everyone to be happy everyone who's in my life i want to be happy and successful and that's the way i am i don't wish fail i don't wish failure for anyone i don't hold grudges against anyone i don't even hate my enemies so yeah that's 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 the way i am man (laughs) but yeah
1: i love it just like just like cantamando just brain joy to people who watch it exactly bro
0: exactly (laughs) bro i'm a changed man because of them so yeah Yeah, wait where can we find you yeah so you can find me at uh at Ronald Chen, so R O N A L D C H E N S on Instagram. And if you want to DM, if you want to follow or even you know, or even DM me on my photography account, it's R-O-N-S-H-O-T-S. Ron Shots. But yeah, that's me, bro. Sweet.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for hopping on. Yeah, of really course, bro. Thanks for having
0: me, man. It's been fun, bro. It's been great having a deep conversation with you. I know it's with you right now, but I know a lot of people will be listening to you or listening to this after. So yeah. Hey, remember guys, <laughs> make sure to share this fucking podcast because i want this podcast to be big all right i want alex to interview the biggest biggest creators one i'm saying sweet great thank (laughs) you so much (laughs) yeah no worries man yeah thanks bro we appreciate it bro (laughs) peace bro bye everyone thanks for watching